0: you have your Bible with you today or your Bible apps on your phone, go ahead and get those out. And uh, turn with me, if you would, to the book of John, John chapter 4. If you don't know where John is, call out until he answers. Or, Or just take your time and find it. If you're new with us today, we're so glad you're here. If you're new to the, the Bible, to church, to uh, worshiping God. Uh, everyone else was new at some point, too. And maybe this is the beginning of a new life for you. I pray that it is, that you would experience Him today in a very profound and deep and life-changing way. And you go out of here with a big, fat smile on your face. <laughs> Amen. Especially if you came in grumpy. Because somebody made you come to church today with them. It's like, what am I doing here? Well, (laughs) you ready for some word? Okay, okay. I'm in a series now, a series uh, called We Bow Down. We Bow Down. I've been teaching this for a number of weeks, and there is more to come. And so uh, this series is about worship. It's about true worship, about really having a relationship with God that's not fake and phony and put on. It's not just a a ritual we go through in a worship service where we sing a song and do a dance and And shout and pray and (laughs) whatever else. And then go back to living a funky old life that is separated from God and not glorifying in any way. We're looking for consistency. And the reason I've entitled it, We Bow Down, because some of the very definitions of the original language of worship literally means to bow down. And of course you see in that language that there is... uh, you know, it can be demonstrated physically, and there's times in its right to literally get on your knees and bow before the Lord, but uh, more so than just the physical activity, it's an inward submission and humility before God that says, I want to do life your way, I want to please you, and so I'm setting aside my will, my plan, my design, uh, uh, and I'm, I'm submitting to your will. I'm not here to demand that God does things my way. Accept me the way I am. I'm here to say, Lord, I want to do things the way you want them done. And if I need changed, change away. Right? So let's read our text again. John chapter 4 verse 23. Jesus said, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth for the Father is seeking such to worship and Him. God is spirit. And those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. All right. And so we could say to some degree that bowing and worshiping are really the same thing when it comes to doing that before God. And and when we think of worshiping God, we should think of honoring Him, glorifying Him with our words but also with our behavior. We don't want to limit worship to church attendance or songs sung, uh, but, but, but include setting our own desires and will aside and saying, Lord, your will be done. See, he's glorified in that sometimes far more than what we typically view as an outward expression of worship. When the heart is submitted, when the heart is yielded to God, and we're saying, I'm going to do your will. I'm submitting to your plan for my life. He's glorified in that in you. And that's why whether it's real or not can only be determined by you and God, of course. But I don't know if it's real with you. I don't know when when you sing the song and raise your hands and and, and come to church and do the things. I don't know how real your worship is. But you do right? You know what's happening. If there's a real genuine connection between you and the Father, and if he is really honored and glorified in your life, I know that God is glorified in ways that, that we may sometimes not think of as being worshipful, um, like, like how we handle the challenges of life. When, when we step out in faith, believing god's promise above the circumstance above what we see and feel i think he's totally honored in that he is glorified in when we take a stand when we believe him when we trust him and are not overcome by circumstances we're not overcome by the things of this world god is glorified hallelujah i mean when you decide i'm not going to quit I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to stay steady. I'm going to be strong. God is faithful and He's coming through in my finances, in my body, in my marriage, whatever's going on. I believe God is at work. You just had a good worship service right there. Maybe no background music, but a stand of faith. See, the Father is pleased with that. I think of it similarly to how a parent... Thinks of their children. You know, how do my uh, how do my children? I don't know if this is the right language, but you can understand. Glorify me. <laughs> you know what? Where do I find pleasure in my kids? Well, a number of number of ways. But when I see them going through a difficult time, and that's not my heart at all. I don't want them to go through any difficult things. But if something happens to them, or something happens in their life, and I see them stand up. And deal with it in a right way. Handle it properly. Not cower back. Not quit throwing the towel. But be strong in there. Maybe someone does them wrong. And I see it. Maybe it hurt them. Maybe it, you know, gut punch. But I see him rise back up and say, but I'm not going to let it knock me out. I'm going to love. I'm going to forgive. And I'm going to believe God to go forward. As my, As a dad, I'm thinking... You go. That's my boy there. That's my that's my girl. Even if they get attacked physically with s- sickness or problems, and I see them speaking the word, I'm standing on a promise. I'm believing the word of God over my situation. As a dad, I'm thinking, yeah, you go, dude, <laughs> right? And, and so I know the father is that way towards us when we're believing him. Amen. When we trust him continually, praise God. When you have a heart to worship Him always, all your days, know that He finds pleasure in that. Amen. 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 He finds great pleasure that you would devote yourself and call on Him every day. He finds great pleasure that you would call on Him every day. Puts a smile on the Father's face. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Now, if you would, uh, find with me the book of 2 Samuel. A big left turn. Second Samuel chapter 6. Second Samuel the 6th chapter. Uh, there was a time, uh, if you're unfamiliar with this, let me bring you up to speed. Prior to Jesus coming and dying and being raised from the dead and the Holy Spirit being poured out on, on, on all flesh, uh, God's presence was not available to everyone. I mean, in one sense, he's always everywhere. He takes up all the space. But people did not personally have the Holy Spirit in their heart, in their life. Um, in the Old Testament, only the prophet, the priest, and the king, and other individuals for a short task, would have any kind of anointing whatsoever. And and, and so God had instructed them to create the ark. Remember the ark of the Lord, and that was God's mobile home, basically. <laughs> And, and until they built the temple and so forth. But his presence was um, manifest there in the ark. And, and anyway, there's more to why he did it that way. But at one point, the ark was not in Jerusalem where it ought to be, and it was out, and David them were bringing it back, and some different events took place. But when it was finally coming into Jerusalem, there was a celebration by David. And his crew, and I want to read to you that story uh, from that point on to show you what what happened. It's second Samuel six verse fourteen. Then David danced before the Lord with all his might. Now, now notice the language, he danced before the Lord with all his he's not just dancing to the music. This is a good beat, let's just cut a boom 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 and David's danced. No, he's doing this to the Lord. Right? He's doing this, the purpose of his expression is to honor and glorify God rather than just having a good time, okay? Um, and David was wearing a linen ephod. Now, why does it tell us what David is wearing? Not too often do we get people's clothing, you know, attire defined, but he's wearing this linen ephod. Here's, here's the one way to, to see that. He was not wearing his kingly garments, he was not wearing things that identified him as the top dog in the land, as the king. He's just wearing what the, the Levites wore. He's wearing what people who were lower on the pole, you know, so to speak, what they were wearing. And he's t- taken off, basically, what identifies him as being King David. And the ark of God is coming. The presence of the Lord is there going back into Jerusalem. And David is dancing. And David is twirling. And David is having a good time. So verse 15, David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of a trumpet. Now now as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, David's wife, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and whirling before the Lord and she despised him in her heart. Why is she despising him? David out there having a grand time worshiping God and his wife is a little bit put out because she married a king. <laughs> and here he is not acting very kingly according to her perspective and looking like all the other people and and basically debasing himself instead of you know, saying, I I am something. She took offense to this. She didn't want her husband being viewed in a light lesser than what she thought he ought to be. She despised him in her heart. Skip down to verse 20. Uh, But but notice how David... uh, let Let me make this point before I read. David took off what exalted him in the eyes of man. He had the other kind of clothes. He set that aside when what mankind would think he was something special. And then he worshiped the Lord. Okay, verse 20. Then David returned to bless his household. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, Oh, it's so glad to! Have, I'm so glad you're home, sweetheart. I know you've been having a good time out there worshiping the Lord and being a great leader for our house, an example. Is that what she said? No, she puts on her sarcasm and says, How glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servants as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself she got a bad attitude, doesn't she? So David said to Michael, It was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father and all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord, and I will be even more undignified than this, and will be humble in my own sight, but as for the maidservants of whom you have spoken, by them I will be held in honor. And so I want you to see David's attitude of humility in coming before the Lord. And, uh, and her attitude of, you need, you need to be exalted, lifted, you are something special. And he said, no, I'll debase myself even more than this. I'm going to put this in my own words. I'll play the fool in your eyes all day long if, if God is glorified and he is exalted. I find this interesting, uh, this language. Uh, the New King James Bible reads, as I said, Therefore I will play music before the Lord. The The word there, music, is italicized. Okay, what that means is the translators added it. Because literally it just said, I will play before the Lord. And they thought, what does that mean? Right? What do you mean you're going to play before the Lord? Oh, he must have been talking about an instrument. And so they added the word music. I'm not sure the word music even should be there. What I see here is that David said, I will play before the Lord. What do you mean play before the Lord? That sounds sounds kind of childish, doesn't it? And he could see some of what he's doing as his wife's looking out the window. He's out there spinning in circles. He's out there twirling and, uh, well, <laughs> is that what it said? Whirling before the Lord and leaping. So he's jumping up and down and spinning in circles. And then he explains it and said, And yeah, and I will do it, and I will play before the Lord. Isn't it interesting that worship of God, honoring him, looks. Kind of like kids playing. I know some of us, we think, oh, well, I'm not going to do that. Might that be a problem? Why wouldn't we do that? Why wouldn't we play, if you will, before the Lord? Well, because I'm a grown-up. Because, I, you know, I'm dignified. Got a reputation to uphold. David didn't. He said, "I don't care what people think of me. I don't care if someone, if I'm acting like a non-king in this situation. I'm here to honor him. I'm celebrating the presence of God coming back in in here. And so I don't care, really care, what I look like in front of everyone else. I want the Lord to be glorified. Amen. 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 This is um, the, the Scripture says here. Amplified Classic reads: Therefore, I will make Mary." in pure enjoyment before the Lord. See, so that's, that's the play music phrase. They translated it, I will make Mary in pure enjoyment before the Lord. The NIV says, I will celebrate before the Lord. Now think about it. What should our worship of God look like? What should be the primary characteristic of a celebration of God's presence? I know there are times of contemplation and meditation. There are times of, of commitment. There are times to repent. There are times to be corrected. All those things are relevant in the big picture. Do you know what I think this house ought to look like most of the time? Celebration. Pure enjoyment. I don't know if everyone thinks of worshiping God that way. I don't know if, how many people think of going to church. Why are you going to church? pure enjoyment. It ought to be. And if it's not, what are we doing wrong? Maybe we're too mindful of ourselves and what we look like and other people's opinions of us and our dignity and it's time to time to take off some of our highfalutin garments that make us look special and just Come before God with humi- the humility of a child and enjoy. I'm not here to enjoy your presence. Amen. Amen. You know, it's been said that if you're not enjoying worship, God probably isn't either. <laughs> right? But we're sometimes too, in too much of a discipline mode. I'm just kind of making myself do this. And there's times in my life for sure I made myself because I didn't feel like it. But I think we should get on the same page of the Lord. It's an act of humility, it's worshiping, it's celebrating, it's enjoyment. This seems to carry, like I said, the idea of being childlike. Don't we see that in Scripture? Even when, like the Apostle John wrote, and he kept using the language, my little children, my little children. He's writing to adults. He's not writing to the children's church, when right? He's writing to grown-ups, and he keeps saying, my little children. That's the perspective okay compare the age of god infinity on both ends to us even if you're a, even if you're 90 years old in here you are a little child in comparison and maybe there's something we, we could learn about learn from that i don't want to be a child in always i don't want to be a child in wisdom in understanding but i do want to be a child in the simplicity, the humility, the coming before God, and just enjoying my dad. Everybody okay? Jesus said, Matthew 18, 3, Assuredly I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. So so what does that mean to become like, like a little child or as little children? Well, since he tied the kingdom and heaven to it, might be worth some exploration might be worth us finding out what in what way we should really be like little children see humility is reality it is the first step in approaching God we see Jesus himself behaved in this manner Jesus himself when he knew who he was and where he was going where he came from in John 13 he got down on his knees and washed his disciples feet See, David lowered himself in the eyes of men and was exalted. Jesus lowered himself in the eyes of people, acted as a servant. But that act of humility is something to be valued in God's kingdom. It is when the Father begins to smile at us. Amen. And so let's think about our own selves, our own lives. Is there anything we need to, quote, take off before the Lord? Is there anything we need to lose? Anything we need to set aside? We're coming before Him to honor Him, to rejoice in His presence. Is there any part of our life we need to say, "Mm -mm, no, this doesn't fit in this context. This is too much about me. This is too much me maintaining my status, maintaining my reputation. I need to set this aside and come before God as a little kid that's just thankful and just appreciative and just ready to enjoy. Amen. What are you proud of? Where do you make your boast? What do you boast about? Now think about think about it for a moment. Maybe it's your success. Maybe you've been successful. Good job. Way to be successful. You take pride in that? Or is it time to set that aside and come before the Lord? Maybe you have money. Maybe you've made a lot of money. Good for you. That doesn't get you anywhere in God's in God's throne room. Time to set that aside. Maybe you're really good looking, and you know you are. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for raising your hands. <laughs> yeah, that's me. I. <laughs> But maybe that needs to be, so I really feel good about, well, fine, you don't need to feel bad about it, but, or maybe you're, you got, you know, real good physique and you are in shape, (laughs) you know, how the gyms are full of mirrors, (laughs) if this is your thing, you know what I'm talking about, (laughs) you know. And and people bring their phones into the gym now, too. Pump it up, take a shot. (laughs) I'm just saying, I'm asking, where do you put your boast? Who who, who are you boasting in? Something you've done, something you've got. Maybe it's like a family name. You take pride in, in the family you came from. I am a... And you feel really good about it. I'm not talking just thankful and appreciative for your ancestry or something, but you actually take pride in it. You consider yourself a little bit superior to others because you come from a good family. Because of your family name. Everybody okay? Maybe it's education. You've put in the time, you've put in the work, you've spent the money, and you've got these different degrees. And hmm, it's time to take that robe off and worship the Lord. Or maybe it's someone on the other side. They say, "I don't have. I I may not have all the education or the degrees, but I have street smarts." (laughs) And your street smarts are your badge, or your your area of pride. And it's time to set that aside. Or your athletic ability. Maybe you're really skilled and gifted in in athleticism, and uh, and you are proud of that. Everybody okay? Sometimes it's on the other end. People even take pride in their their poverty. They'll say things like, we may be poor, but we're proud. (laughs) I think that's called a double negative. (laughs) Right? I don't want to be poor or proud. But especially one thing I can control right here, right now, is the pride side. And I can humble myself like David did and come before God without anything you know, of self-exaltation sometimes it's race racial pride I'm proud of my race and you know, people will tell you that these days you should be proud of your heritage no, you shouldn't be proud of anything you should please God instead yeah it doesn't matter where you came from in that regard you come before God as a thankful child I I know with our my background, we when I grew up as a kid, everyone we knew was kind of in a community, even though it was in it was in a very is in California, a very populous area. But everyone I knew was Dutch, and uh, and and our family is, is Dutch, and we were all in the dairy business, and every, so everyone we knew was Dutch, and there were little sayings. Some of you, if you are this, you probably know these sayings, and this will sting you a little bit. Uh, but we would say. If you ain't Dutch, you ain't much. (laughs) What is that? That's pride. Say, what's the problem with it? Depends what you mean. Depends how much you mean it. The problem is, is people start to see themselves, and literally, as just a little bit better. Because I'm this, because this is my heritage, I'm a little bit better than whatever you are. Whatever your race is, or whatever your heritage is. And that stuff needs to be set aside. Amen. Everybody okay today? Paul said in Philippians 3 and verse 7, but whatever things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. If it lifts me up, gain to me, loss for Christ. That can only be a hindrance if I let it in my relationship with God. David said, Psalm 34 too, my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. My question is, what are we making our boast in? What are we bragging about? What, what, and what, what thing has happened or what have we done or what do we have that if we're really honest, it makes us feel a little bit superior to other people? And we think it's, it's, uh, it's our roadmap into the greater things of God. Because it's not. And it's time to take off that kingly robe and play. <laughs> it's time to take it off and be humble like a child. And say, I worship you, Lord. I worship you alone. And I will celebrate and rejoice in you. Amen. Let me show you one more. If you would uh, take a right turn and find the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 38. There's a guy who was a king named Hezekiah. Hezekiah was the king of Judah for 29 years. And then he got sick. And here's what it says in Isaiah 38 in verse 1. In those days, Hezekiah was sick and near death. And Isaiah the prophet son of amos went to him and said to him thus says the lord set your house in order for you shall die and not live how many like personal prophecies <laughs> lord just give me a word <laughs> just looking for a word from heaven here it is you're going to die do <laughs> you receive that word <laughs> what's well, interesting what the lord told him He said, "You're going to die, so set your house in order." How many think that's wisdom? And really, that's the mercy of God. If you're going to die, get your house in order, huh? In what way? Well, first, I should get my spiritual house in order. I need to know. I want to leave here in the right place because I leave here. The way I leave here is the way I enter into heaven. Right? And I want, to be, I want to be walking with the Lord before I die. I want to have my natural house set in order so to be a blessing to people. right? Best I can, if I'm out of here, set your house in order is a good word. But it's interesting that Hezekiah didn't just submit to that word and say, oh, Man, bummer. Alright, guess I'm dying of this sickness. And the Lord said it. And he didn't say, Well, nothing I can do about that. You know, sometimes the word of the Lord can be changed. Meaning, I don't say, well, God's word doesn't ever change. Some things he says is based upon what's happening. Based upon a person's personal decisions, their heart, what's happening in their life. And in this current situation, if Hezekiah kept on this pathway, he's going to die. He's out of here. But look what he did. And maybe we ought to respond to situations differently than just accepting too. Verse 2 Then Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall and prayed to the Lord. Oh, good idea, Hezekiah. Yeah. And said, Remember now, O Lord, I pray how I have walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. And the word of the Lord came to Isaiah. You read other parts, Isaiah wasn't even very far away. He had to turn around. Uh, Isaiah is saying, go and tell Hezekiah, thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Surely I will add to your days 15 years. Got a 15-year extension. Because he did what? Let me tell you what he did. He humbled himself. So, where do you see? I see that in the in the weeping bitterly. I also see this. See this. Uh, uh, sometimes different books talk about the same person. Second Chronicles 32, 26 reads: Then Hezekiah humbled himself for the pride of his heart. He and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. What did he, he humbled himself and got fifteen more years? His life was a as a result of how he approached God I wonder if anyone needs to turn their face to the wall you know what that maybe we might say bow your knees I wonder if someone else needs to have a time of prayer before the Lord to extend their life it's amazing to me sometimes how even Christians will separate their prayer life from what is happening to them It's like I've got my relationship with God, my prayer life over here. And then over here, you know, this is where the cancer is. Over here, this is where the struggles lie. And then, but I have this good relationship with God over here. I think it's time we put these things together like they're intended. This is supposed to impact this. And if this doesn't impact this, something's wrong with this. I need to learn how to humble myself and pray and believe and stand on God's word so that gets changed. Amen. Amen. I didn't plan on saying that that way, but I think maybe that was for someone. Uh, if kings like Hezekiah need to humble themselves, what do you think about us? How about the rest of us? Do we need to humble ourselves? What If we do, what might it open the door to? taken off my kingly garments, turning my face to the wall? What might it open my life up to? Healing or a longer life? Maybe greater dimensions of God than I've ever known. Maybe I've worshipped Him at the level that I've known how. And it was fine, it was good to, to the degree that I knew to do it. But there's more that He has in store. And if I will seek after Him, what else could be the potential of my future and my life with Him? Amen. I want to take a couple minutes just in closing today and uh, give you an opportunity. I know sometimes we bump, 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 and we're out of here. Let's take just a couple minutes. Maybe something has been stirred in your heart. Maybe there's been, uh, <laughs> you know, something joust you right in the ribs. Ooh. And you need to acknowledge before the Lord and tell Him, I'm taking off my kingly garments and whatever that means to you. And I humble myself before you today. And I worship you and I exalt you. Don't do it with a frown. Do it with a smile. Say, Lord, I want you to be glorified in my life. I value your presence. All that you do. I want, to be glor- I want you to be glorified in my life today. Not just in a song and a word. But in my heart, I want it to be right with you. Amen. Let's do it right now. What do you say? I'm going to pray. You pray. You worship the Lord. You call on his name. Father, we love you today. We serve you with all.